What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. What is up, everyone? Welcome back to the Buffalo Blitz. As I messed up our intro, that is on me. But if you're on audio platform, if you're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Odyssey, or wherever you get your podcasts on the Built in Buffalo Podcast Network, you did not see my big head just by itself on the screen and me have to bring Lance. But for some reason, I did not click Lance. So that is on me. But welcome back to the Buffalo Blitz. It doesn't matter, Lance. You know why it doesn't matter? Because two reasons it doesn't matter. You're you're listening or watching to the Buffalo Blitz on a Tuesday night, which is the best thing you can be doing on a Tuesday night. And second, the Bills won on a Sunday. So Lance and I could have sat here and not said anything for two hours, and it still would have been a great week because the Bills won. Lance, how are we doing, my man? Hey, anytime we win, man, that's that feels good. I I uh, send a huge uh, release of emotion to the group chat after, and you know the built-in Buffalo group chat after that win. And it just felt like such a relief. Um, you know, it's it's a weird feeling because it just so many times in the past two or three years, we've we've kind of come out on top in a lot of games. And then this year, it's completely opposite, um, not coming out on top on, on really any game, so I'd say. So it's so, so weird this year, um, the feelings and the different things with the team. But, I mean, I was just telling you, even the Chiefs, man, are eight and five, so it's only one game difference. And it just, man, what if we could have just came out with a win against, you know, the New England or the the Denver game? It just makes those things so tough to swallow. Now, I think, um, oh yeah, 100%. having seen where this season's played out, I think it's it's crazy. But do we really want to do that to ourselves and ruin our mood? Because no, we don't. We can do that to ourselves. You and I talked off stage, and I I'm on board. Every Bills fan's on board when it comes to that. A couple games that. I hate saying you should have won because you are what you record are. That's how the NFL works. But oh, yeah. games that we, I guess, expected, and then there was game uh, games or plays inside those games that they should have made or probably could have made that they didn't result in a loss. But right. without being due, we're going to get into tonight's show. We have a jam-packed show for you guys. Obviously, if you're on the audio platform, we appreciate it. If you're on the Built and Buffalo Facebook, YouTube, or Twitter network, follow, comment, share, like, subscribe, do whatever you want. If you're in the comment section tonight, awesome. Uh, hopefully, everyone in the comment section, questions, concerns, anything you guys want, we'll be here for the next hour. But before we do that, Lance, who are we sponsored by? Yeah, we're sponsored by Underdog Fantasy. Use promo code BLITZ to sign up. You'll get your deposit matched up to $100. Underdog Fantasy, the best daily fantasy app. You got best ball drafts, daily fantasy drafts. You have scorchers in the pick'em. You got rivals, all kinds of pick'em features, all kinds of different stats and and uh, player props and fantasy points and all things to pick higher or lower. Um, really cool uh, gathering of, of different things that Underdog does. So uh, join in now. They've got some new states you can sign up in and play some uh, competitive head-to-head 
games uh, instead of the the pick'em or the or the draft. So check that out, even if you're not in New York. And um, yeah, Underdog Fantasy, the best daily fantasy app and web page in all the world. I was hot this weekend. I sent you both of those. I hit two separate pick'ems, one from the games on Sunday, a collective of them, and then something from the Monday night, which turned out pretty good for the Buffalo Bills. And maybe we'll talk about a little bit about that, about the division. Uh, but obviously that is something we probably can wait a week, depending on how next Sunday looks. But the Bills, besides them winning, had a nice, pretty nice weekend. Uh, Steelers obviously lost on Thursday. Uh, a couple teams in the wild card race lost. Houston lost, which was nice. Um, Bengals beat the Colts. It's weird, but we wanted technically the Bengals to win. Uh, the Browns won, which was unfortunate. Obviously, the Bills winning was helpful. Broncos didn't help, but Miami won or lost on Monday night, which was very helpful if you're looking at the big picture of the division race, which is now currently back a little bit in play. Obviously, if the Bills win Sunday, then it's gets a little spicy for Miami. Yeah. Um, the pressure would be on Miami, uh, which we'll see how they handle the pressure. They did not handle it uh, last night. And also, they have a tough game on Sunday. Jetson doesn't look like a cakewalk at the moment if after blowing out Houston. So we'll see how they face against the Jets. But keep the comments coming. And we have so much to talk. Hey, Roy's back. What's up, Roy? We haven't seen Roy in a couple weeks. Yep. Is he back? Some He's reason back. I, uh... My, I'm not seeing the comments in my here. Oh, good. He's talking about the quarterback injuries. Yeah, it's tough. Uh, a lot of quarterbacks. Obviously, Herbert got injured. He's out for the year. That's something we'll talk about next week. Obviously, he won't be playing in the Bills-Chargers matchup. Obviously, uh, T-Wall came back from injury, but you also have C.J. Stroud in concussion protocol at the moment. But, Lance, we can't waste any more time. Can't do we it. Cannot. The we'll Bills win 20-17 to 17 and get an – absolute must win or close enough to a must win game on the road in Arrowhead. Lance, where do you want to go first in this game? Yeah, man, the the team came out with such good energy, right? I mean, I think that's one of the things we've talked about um, for both Buffalo sports teams is just coming out with an energy and, and starting the game fast. And that was really something that was um, prevalent this week. Um, they came out, made a statement, were, were able to get some points on the board early. Um, and, and from from the get-go, you know, James Cook kind of was uh, a little bit of a focal point. Um, and they, they sprinkled in some others throughout the, the game there. But, um, yeah, it's, uh, it was great to see the Bills, the Bills come out and kind of execute a drive and, and really make sure they um, – you know, put some points on the board early and, and, and really showed just that they were going to be in the game and, and fight. They didn't just get down and have to fight their way back. So that was, that was a cool thing, cool place to start. I thought. Yeah. Uh, we've seen times at time or time by time this year that the offense has gone through some lumps in the beginning of games this week. They weren't, I like James Cook. We're going to get to James Cook in a bit, so I'm, I might avoid that topic for a second here because we're definitely going to talk about James Cook in our next segment of the show. But he was great. Allen looked like himself in the first half, I would say. Uh, obviously, that first drive to Cook. The second drive uh, that resulted in a rushing touchdown by Allen. Love the effort. If you remember, if you guys watched, obviously you watched it. But Lance, Mitch Moore celebrating at the end. He was pumped. Love that. What I didn't love in the first half 
when it was 14 nothing uh in the middle or towards the end of the second quarter with yeah, about 4 minutes and change that interception right i thought Shamari Connor shout out Virginia Tech Koki uh rookie fourth round pick but i thought he made a great play on the ball but i also thought Allen probably forced something that he shouldn't have and i don't buy into the Allen turnover narrative as much as other people. He's he has a second best touchdown uh, turnover touchdown to turnover ratio in the NFL. That's incredible. But I do buy into momentum and I do buy into swings of games, right? You're at 14 nothing now, Lance. 450 left in the first half. If you run out and kick and don't score a touchdown, but you kick a field goal, you're around midfield at that point. Uh 17 nothing is a huge halftime lead. Or even if it just goes into 14 nothing. I just felt like you kind of gave Kansas City some momentum going into right. half because they get that touchdown, and then you get a ball, you get the ball back, and you have a chance to, I guess, you have a chance to kick a field goal. And I thought the offense kind of was a little mismanaged there towards the end of that first half, kind of stalled out in my opinion. And then you go fourteen seven, and then you're like, crap. I thought the offense looked a little jittery in the second half. I just thought that turnover shifted a lot. I, I I just that's what I saw. And then obviously you had that third drive that was a field goal, but that was because that was that the that was the penalty drive, right? Was right. that third drive or was that another drive later in the game? Uh, might have been another drive later in the game, but you had no, yep, yeah, no, it was. You had the Dawson Knox holding right. on first and ten at Kansas City sixteen instead yep. of punching that in for a touchdown lance, you kicked the field goal and you made it 17-7. And it felt like that type of game that you needed touchdowns and you couldn't settle for field goals in that circumstance. Right. Um, I just thought it gave Kansas City too much momentum. The interception, then the touchdown, then not executing into the first half, then not executing in the red zone, then giving up a 75-yard touchdown. Then you punted, forced a fumble, but then you went negative eight yards on three plays after forcing a fumble. Yep. This is in the second negative. half. Negative six yards on six plays. Somehow. Yes. After you and then you gave a field goal, you went nowhere. Credit to the defense. After giving up that touchdown, and I think we have to talk about that. After giving up that touchdown early in the second half, you forced a fumble, a field goal, a punt, and a turnover. Oh, nice. That was that's great. I think give credit to the defense that the offense looked a little poor in that second half, Lance. Yeah, and they'll say, Oh, well, defense got bailed out, made you know. They buy a penalty, but yeah, I mean that's pretty well in the second half. That's the, that's what it takes. I mean, they they gave up a, a big play that was you know pretty, um, just amazing. You know, it was a it was a general twenty to twenty five yard play that turned into a, you know a lateral and a touchdown uh, that got taken off the board there. But um, you know, so those are things that just haven't been going our way. We you know on the possession where we got the field goal. Um, we did get a, a call to give us a first down illegal contact. Um, so definitely had some help in this game. Um, but you know what? Those those are the kind of things that have been going against us. And it's nice to get it once in a while. And, uh, you know, when when the team's sputtering a little bit and you get a little, uh, you know, you get a call that, you know, it's not like they were bad calls, not like the, the calls were wrong. So I think that, you know, I'll take those no. and, and get, you know, getting – um, you know, they're due, uh, they're in those situations. I thought the offense as a whole played well. I'm not trying to knock the offense 20 points, solid outing. We've 
people always want to outside that divisional round game a couple years ago. Most of the games against Kansas City are in the twenties. Like that's just how it has been over the years. Lance, do you like what do you think went? I guess wrongs a tough stretch when you win the game, right? I, I'm trying to avoid saying that, but after the first two drives, like obviously they didn't score another touchdown, they kicked two more field goals. Do you see any? Did you see anything where you're like, why, why do you think the offense kind of sputtered? I would say more in the second half. Yeah, I think they maybe tried a few things here and there um, that just weren't. Um, working for them, you know, and then they, they needed a third down play and couldn't convert. So um, drops by Stefan Diggs and, um, you know, on, on the first punt there in the second half, um, then you have just negative play after negative play there. Um, Allen gets sacked, you know, saw a little bit of, of the Allen holding onto the ball and decisiveness, but I think, you know, you take that a little bit versus him turning the ball over in that scenario, especially in the second half. So, um, you know, you'd like to, the the thing that we've been talking about, I think is, can, can you get more of these rhythm and easy throws for Allen in the second half? Because it seems like you get it going in the first half, maybe, or you get it going right at the beginning of the second half, but then you can't sustain it for the entire game. And, and I'm just not sure what the thought process is from Joe Brady and the, those play calls as to why those quick plays aren't dialed up. Now, maybe the defense is showing them something, taking it away that, that we're not seeing. I don't know, but I, mm-hmm. I just don't understand um, the inability to kind of get some rhythm plays and some, some quick um, hitters and, and quick passing or, or stay with, you know, maybe, you know, the run game on a couple of those drives there didn't have the success. Um, that that you'd hope but i mean this the third drive of the second half was just passing complete passing complete sack you know and it's just like that's Mm -hmm. that's insane you have to um they they were trying something obviously um maybe going for a bigger play especially off the fumble um there so yeah that's it that geez it's just it's killer that was annoying because i thought the defense was a little bit reeling at that point for a second, right? Like you give up the touchdown, you kick the Bills kick a field goal to go up 17-7 early in the second half, right? They give the 75 yard touchdown drive for over five minutes for the Chiefs. It's 17-14. And you're like, the Bills need to answer. You gotta find a way to get an end zone. It felt like at that point the Bills needed to answer. The momentum that you had up 14-0 completely swung in favor of the Chiefs. And then you had a three-play seven-yard drive. You punt. And you're like, oh boy, you got that feeling. You're like, this is where this team has crumbled all year. Where you're like, mm-hmm. this is going to happen again. The defense forces a fumble, right? I forgot who punched it out. Uh, who punched it out? Someone punched it. I just obviously someone punched it out. Uh, Benford punched it out. Uh, Taron Johnson recovered. Shout out to Christian Benford, man. I think the dude's a dog. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, so he punched out the ball. He didn't have a great coverage game, but I thought in that particular play, it was great. Punched out the ball. He recovered, uh, Taron Johnson recovered the fumble. And you're like, okay, the Bills got the defensive stop that they haven't been get- getting a lot. They forced a turnover that they haven't been getting a lot. Go get the touchdown that you needed on the previous drive. And you do exactly the opposite. You get an incomplete pass short. This is with 33 seconds left in the third quarter. So this is a big part of the game. Incomplete pass to Diggs. Incomplete pass to Kincaid. And sacked Josh Allen at your own 44. 
for negative eight yards by Trent McDuffie. You went three plays, negative eight yards. A complete disaster. Then you give up the field goal. It's 17-17, and you're like, okay, the momentum you just got back from that fumble, completely gone. And you're like, you got to go answer. Then you go six plays, negative six yards, and punt. You're like, what the hell? You're going to lose. This is where you're like, I'm going to lose. I thought at that moment, we're done. This is with, you punted with eight left in the fourth. Then, shout out to the defense. Nice little stop right there by the defense. You make it, they go three plays, three yards, 56 seconds. Bills have a nice five-minute drive. Loved this drive. until, And we'll get to this later, obviously, with some clock management, Lance, and I will go back and forth on that a little disagreement, but it kind of fully has somewhat agreement. But you kick the field goal, and then obviously you get the stop. But you talked about the fr- – I'm going on this crazy tangent right now. I don't know where I'm going. But you, but you talked about this first half, right? Easy plays. And I tweeted a video of the Kincaid, that little Kincaid out route that he kind of breaks to the right. Allen gets it to him on the right side. It's like a short out route, and the Kincaid can kind of turn it up to the sideline, right? And it has gone for six to eight yards a lot of the times, unless it's a first down, which it has done a couple of times. Second half, I didn't see that, right? I didn't see – Cook involved. I didn't see anything like that. Lance, I, we're talking about they, they, they recovered the fumble and they throw three straight. They drop back three straight times. Yeah. Can, I, can we mix? I love Joe Brady and I think he's done a good job since he's taken over. Can we mix in a run play? Like Cook was a Cook was your best offensive player. Yeah. For whatever reason, I think the run play the and this is part of the late game management we'll get into too, but an extension of the running game is the quick bubble screen and things and Brady's showing an affinity for that play. But um, I think it's got to be dialed back a little bit. And if they realize that they can execute it or not execute it, they need to rein in um, those calls and, and just call a handoff. I like, I think they threw a, um, a pitch to Ty Johnson at one point in the game uh, that was kind of, that was a little bit effective. So you know, those kind of things, all, you know, just mixing it up. I just don't think that they like situationally um, running more. Yes. hundred percent. I think they, they definitely need to, um, because you know, mix like, in, I think as you look at the plate, the drives that are going places, you see, you know, no runs. run, you know, or, and you see a bunch of short pass, you know, short, right, short left or incomplete. And, and it's short middle. And, and so, I don't know, it's with Allen being under pressure too, you know, I know people hated it, but, you know, we haven't seen really that sprint draw under uh, Joe Brady as much, but you got to do something different um, to try to get, you know, that pass rush down and, and to get, um, to get some guys moving here. I think when you look at the touchdown drives, you have, you know, very effective 12, 5, six yard runs, you know, I think those are the, those are the plays we gotta, we, we gotta have success in the running game. And if, if we don't run the ball, uh, it's a double-edged sword because if you try to run it too much, obviously then you get predictable and, and you're not going to gain a ton of yards, but you know, at least it'll be effective in, you know, taking time in this game. You definitely wanted to take time off the clock, keep Kansas city's offense off the field um, and maintain possession. So I, I definitely agree. We could, definitely see an uptick here in in some run plays in place of those little bubble screen things that just they don't work man the guys aren't able to concentrate keep the catch and honestly the blocking on those plays is pretty atrocious in my opinion 
I think you can't really uh, keep swinging it out there when guys are getting, you know, hit by two or three defenders because the the wide receivers are out there blocking, um, you know, just didn't do a great job in this game, you know, from my perspective. So that that one at the end where Diggs dropped, it looked like, you know, he had, there was a couple guys coming free had he caught that ball, which would have been fine, but, um, you know, just catch it and get down and keep the clock running. But it just didn't uh, didn't materialize all game. It just wasn't a huge play. There was a couple. Sherfield had a nice one that did um, go well, but it just I think it was just too many. You know, too many times they they called that that one, and they need to you know substitute that with with a little bit different design, a little bit. Of, and they did RPO there. They they had you know handoffs that Allen chose to throw the screen instead of the handoff. So maybe you know maybe that was on Allen for. Um, choosing choosing the screenplay too many times rather than handing the ball off. I'm not sure. Yeah, I agree. I'm I'm not asking to be a ground and pound team, but I think you and I would like to see more situationally running and they were being effective running. It wasn't like we're asking them to run the ball in the second half when they were struggling. Um, Before we get to James Cook, you want to show the digs play Lance that we were talking about? We'll do that at the end. We'll do that at the end. I was just trying to make them sure. Um, I'm going to run through some quick of these comments. I know you and I went a little 20 minutes. Wow. We blew through 20 minutes really fast, but, and this is, we're not, I get we're, we're, we're nitpicking, but it's better when you're nitpicking when we win, we just see how well the offense played on those early drives. And look, they should have scored another touchdown to end the second half, uh, first half, but a Dawson Knox hold that just cannot happen. Uh, first and 10 at Kansas City 16 led to a field goal. Uh, no, not end of the first half. Sorry. Uh, early in the second quarter, uh, third quarter. So early in the second half, that led to a field goal. Those stuff, I just, I'm not on board for those kind of stuff. You need to find a way to get in the end zone and you can't uh, create mental errors. And the Bills have done that a ton this year. But let's see in these comments I want to bring up. Empanense and Hyde are now week to week. Hyde dealing with a stinger. That's something that just has not gone away. Uh, all year. Epinesa is dealing with a rib injury. He left really early in that game after that interception he made. Uh, did yeah, he leave after that more, interception? Yeah, it's the more concerning one for me. I mean, that D-line did play well, but I mean, he's a great rotational piece. You just, you know, Kingsley Jonathan wasn't active, so you kind of slide him in there, obviously. And, and But Epinesa's uh, been good. Next man up, but yeah, just Va- feel for Vaughn? him because he's he's been very good. Um, Lance, how about Vaughn though? Starting he, to come on, we'll see. He looked pretty good. He looked like the mo- he was he was very disruptive on that last Kansas City drive. I thought yeah. the last couple drives. I thought he was probably the best I've seen Vaughn since last year. Uh, yeah, I think first first or second game. I think it's first game with the brace off. So definitely um, getting his legs back under him, trying to make sure you know that he trusts in in his in his base and doing some different things. So. I thought Vaughn was good. Let's win the yeah, game. We'll get to we'll Sunday. Sorry. That was a... Yeah, let's see. Sean is 7 0 after buys. I want to see. Oh, I want to yep. see throws the right ends. That's kind of what, you know, that was the cook play. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, I mean, we can get into this now. I think that's uh, one of it's... our one of our topics was exactly this. Um, does Cook need more touches? I think that we're both going to agree that. Um, James Cook needs to see the ball more. I think he uh, should have been handed the ball a few more times um, for mm-hmm. sure. And then in the passing game, he's definitely a weapon. I think that's going to be very difficult. And you see um, that Latavius Murray 
um, comes in for some for some pass protection. But uh, you know, I don't I don't think that necessarily that that is as effective as it would be having you know James Cook on the field. I think having Cook on the field um, just helps the ability of this the you know the ability for this offense to be multiple and to have different looks to have different um, play designs than when you have obviously Latavius Murray in, in the game. Yeah. Uh, James Cook was probably the Bills' best player on Sunday. Definitely the best offensive player on Sunday, in my, in my opinion, even though I thought Allen played particularly pretty well. Two touchdowns for Allen. Cook, 10 carries, 58 yards, 5.8 yards per carry. The five catches for 83 yards and touchdown, obviously that – he was great. He had that one touchdown, that first drive that a lot of people didn't get to see just because uh, we had to deal with the end of the Jaguars-Browns game, which was a little unfortunate, even though the Jaguars-Browns game was actually a decent game, but kind of got annoying. Uh, but then you also had that wheel route that they tried against Philly, and it should have worked against Philly, yeah. but James Cook dropped that ball. This time, they go back to that kind of, if you play Madden, kind of that running back wheel that kind of hooks up to the sideline and kind of breaks down towards uh, the first down and obviously more. And Allen, I think, put that a little almost overthrew him, but it was a nice ball, hit Cook in stride, and Cook took it for, I don't know how long that play was, but it was a good, was it, was it that second touchdown drive, I think it was? Um, Yeah, it was a second. Josh Allen left pass, Cook uh, for 27 yards to the Kansas City 23. I love that kind of wheel route by the running back. I thought Cook... Uh, he's dynamic. He has a ton of speed. This is this is the reason you drafted him. So I think five catches is probably a good number, Lance, in the passing game. It's probably hard to get him a little more. I would like to see maybe a check down here or there, but that's not my gripe with, I think, the touches. I think when a guy's averaging basically six yards per carry, you got to get him the ball more than 10 times. And mm-hmm. I get it. We're never going to be this 20 to 25 yards uh, carries per running back, right? That's not our thing. I'm not asking that, but I'm asking, and you and I laid this out perfectly in the first half of our show, how we talked about there was a couple of possessions where the Bills either forced a turnover or where they forced a punt when they didn't run the ball and they stalled out on offense. So why not go back to running the ball when it has been effective? It was effective in the first half, and then you went away from that in the second half, I thought that was something that the Bills kind of made a mistake on in that second half. I thought Joe Brady called a pretty nearly perfect game, but I think you used Cook great in the first half. You used him dynamically in the first half, and then in situations where you needed to run the ball and you could have run the ball and you stalled out, you did it. That's what frustrated me, in my opinion, when it came to uh, the lack of James Cook touches. Yeah, absolutely. I think that... You know, he could have got one or two more in the passing game, you know, as far as why don't we replace that bubble screen to Diggs with us play to Cook, you know, and I'm not saying that we need to put into Stefan Diggs touches by any means. I think he's as important as he ever has been to this team. Um, wasn't the best um, game for him overall, but I just think that you, you really need to um, – think about the situations that you're giving Stefan Diggs the ball in and that bubble screen play that they keep trying with him just doesn't work. For whatever reason, Allen can't get it to him. 
or he can't catch it. It just, it's not working. And so I think that yeah. at the end of the day, you got to, you know, understand that and try to move on and, and get the guy involved that's been carrying your offense. And that was James Cook um, on this past week. I think this is a perfect segue because you brought up Stefan Diggs. Uh, you brought up some of the receivers. Running back versus wide receiver production usage. This was your topic that you presented to me yesterday when you and I were going over, going over uh, some notes for the show. This was an interesting day, right? When we're looking yeah. at the receivers, I'm going to throw the tight ends, tight ends in here as well. I think that's a mm-hmm. fair assessment. So, guys, people that caught a ball that were not running back. So, Latavius Murray had a catch. Cook had a couple catches, and Ty Johnson had two. Besides those, these are the guys. There's a lot of people that caught balls. Knox, these all, all these guys had at least one catch. Knox, Hardy, Diggs, Kincaid, Shakir, Sherfield. What do you, what do you make of that production? Dawson yeah. Knox had three catches, but Hardy had one catch. Diggs had four for 24 yards. Kincaid had five for 21 yards. Shakir to catch for 12. Sherford had a catch for nine. Gabe Davis didn't have a catch. And obviously, right. I think DeAndre Hardy had the biggest catch of the day with that 25-yard pass where Diggs and Davis were running across the middle of the field to the left. And Hardy went left to right, and Allen put a nice ball there. But Wentz, there's no concern, but like, where do, what are we talking about this production usage? Because it was one of those games where you look at the box score after the game, and you're like, you kind of puzzle. You're like, this, is, this, this, this seems a little off. Yeah, you have eight catches for 106 yards on the from the running back room, and then you have 15 catches for 127 yards from the receiving crew, and um, you know just it's it's not uh, it's a little concerning. I think that you know they they definitely missed um, you know Davis was wide open on one, and you know he threw threw it to um, Kincaid I think on that one and was incomplete, but just uh, you you just want to see a little bit more obviously production. Uh, in the yards category for sure from that from those guys from the the Kincaid Diggs Knox uh, Shakir and Davis for, for sure I mean just invisible um, and and then obviously Hardy and Sherfield you kind of get what you get with those guys uh, Hardy made one of the best plays in the game great crossing route and Allen made a great throw to drive the ball to him so um, can't really complain too much about Hardy. He's not going to be a huge factor in the game. So when he gets his opportunities, he's got to make the best of them. And he did. So that's really the biggest thing is these guys down the stretch here, when they get the opportunities, um, and especially our, our bigger name guys, we've got to get more production out of them um, when they get their opportunities. I mean, four catches on 12 targets from Stefan Diggs is just not going to keep getting it done. Um and uh, here, Holman saying that the secondary, yeah, that may be true. And they certainly covered guys well. But at the end of the day, I think that, um, you know, there's a few, there's a few too many drops there. I think this, the the receivers, you know, need to concentrate. And especially it starts with Stefan Diggs. Um, you know, he's a big important part of this offense. So yeah. the biggest takeaway is just how um, the Bills were able to win despite. Um, not having that wide receiver production, as we discussed, and and Allen, um, his stats showed, you know, just over two two hundred and thirty yards um, for the day is just such a light. I mean, we just the guys a have to catch the ball, and then when they do, 
um, you know, try to try to get some yards there. And that was a that was the plan, though. It was a, it was a short, quick kind of passing game. I think they didn't try to when I they agree. did have longer routes there. Um, Allen maybe took a sack or, you know, they did have a longer one to cook. Obviously, there two two passes that went 25 plus yards um, on those two occasions. You have a big 21 yarder to Latavius Murray that maybe was or wasn't a catch. But um, I think that it, it was a just off script action. You know, three 20 plus yard plays to the running backs. And then, you know, you had Hardy with one uh, 25 yarder and, and not much more than that. So uh, leaves a lot to be desired, I think, at the yeah. end of the day. And, and you want to, uh, you, you're happy that obviously we're, we're pumped that the Bills are uh, coming out of the week one and oh, and that's what you want. But you still need a little bit more, I think, from this receiving crew you know, moving forward. And, and I think that you're going to get it. And I just, um, this was, maybe a, a game plan and a, and a, and a few drop uh, type of game that, that made this uh, what it is. So, so I, I look forward to them um, coming out at home this weekend and seeing really uh, if we can kind of put this all together, you have, uh, you know, running backs that can be effective and they've shown they can be effective. So now let's get um, these receivers going and get them involved and get, you know, I'm not worried about giving, um, you know, getting these short intermediate passing routes uh, and be, having them be the focal point, but it's just getting some yards after they catch the ball there. And by all means, I think a lot of the comments here are saying um, defense is good. Defense yeah, was good. And then you're going to run into that. And the Cowboys defense is very good this week. Yeah. So um, I, I totally get it. But um, at the end of the day, you know, again, it was good enough to come out with a win. So you can't be too, uh, too picky, but I think that, you know, uh, the running backs having 106 yards receiving, and and the receivers only having 127, only be only beating out your running back group by 21 yards is just um, interesting. It's an interesting split, and I think it's it's a game plan dependent. I think you're going to see some different things this Sunday, but it just was very intriguing to me. Um, and this is now two uh, of the three games I believe that Joe Brady has called have been very uh, dependent upon the running back success. Yeah, I think obviously every anytime you win, it's hard to nitpick and you want to be as careful as possible. But I thought I thought Diggs played probably his worst game I've seen him play in a while. And I do want to give credit. And I know, like you said, a couple of the comments are coming in. And we obviously appreciate the comments. I agree. Chiefs have one of the best secondaries. They have a much improved defense. One of the reasons they are eight and five is because of their defense and not because of their offense. I think you're going to face obviously another tough defense on Sunday against Dallas. I think, and I know people have this love hate relationship with Gabe Davis and they have a, probably more hate than love. I, well, I probably should a like hate relationship with a uh, top tower rate uh, hate relationship with Gabe Davis. But this offense is better when he is clicking and when they get him involved. You can't deny yeah. that he was good against Philly. Uh, I thought he was, uh, and uh, no, was he good against Philly or the Jets? Crap. Gabe? Yeah. We'll look that up why I keep spearing my comment because I combined both the, I combined both those games. The bye week threw me off. I should have gotcha. But they're better when Gabe's involved. And outside of this game, I know Kalu Shakira only had one catch for 12 yards, but he's been very productive for this team. Philadelphia uh, was the game. 
Philadelphia. Thank you. So Gabe was good against Philly. Obviously, obviously the offense was really good against Philly. Mm-hmm. Shakir's been very good second half of this year, the last four or five games, a great emergence. Kincaid obviously was very up and down, but they like to get him the ball. Obviously, the whole passing game as a whole wasn't clicking. You can kind of tell it just wasn't fully clicking. You're looking at a lot of guys with a lot of targets and not a lot of catches. So that's a little bit on the scheme. That's a little bit on the quarterback, and that's a little bit on the receivers. I also think, and you brought this up about a minute or two ago, we need to make more plays with the balls in our with the balls in our, with the ball with the ball in our hand. Mm-hmm. I don't think we do that enough. I don't. Deontay Hardy was probably the only one I kind of saw. Maybe Trent Sherfield, James Cook, I guess. But he's a running back. When these receivers catch the ball, they have to be able to make someone miss, get the extra couple yards. Because in the long run, you turn a six-yard catch into eleven yard catch, and that is moving the change, change, chains. And that is is productive. I don't think we've seen that this year, Lance. I don't think we have seen enough run after catch from these receivers. You and I talked about this over the summer. We needed to see more run after the catch. Someone that has been pretty good with it, in my opinion, two guys that have really stood out for me, Khalil Shakir, obviously the Jets game, but I think he's been very good with the ball in his hands, and Dalton Kincaid. Both those two guys, I think, have been great run after the catch receivers. Diggs, in my opinion, hasn't been great with the run after the catch. It just hasn't been great. And I, that's not always his thing, but he's, I think it's been a little worse than I've seen in the past. I thought, obviously, Sheriff and Hardy would be better. Gabe Davis has been kind of non-existent when it comes to that. But Kincaid wasn't great on Sunday. Neither was Shakir. Shakir was targeted one time and caught the ball. Kincaid targeted eight, time, eight times. Kincaid's kind of fallen into that second weapon. For the Bills, which is totally fine. And obviously, to find out tomorrow, Thursday, and Friday his status for Sunday. He's day to day. Obviously, a hide in Epinesa week to week, which probably make him unlikely to play on Sunday, in my opinion. But Kincaid's a big factor in this offense. I do think we need to see more production from run, receivers run after the catch. I do think Allen was a little inaccurate. I don't think Allen was perfect on Sunday. I do agree with you. They went short pass. They wanted to control the clock. They ran the ball, even though they went away from that in the second half, and they kind of bit them a little bit. So I think maybe more consistent. And you, I agree, Brady likes to run the ball. He likes to use the running backs. I just would like him to use it in the second half when it was being yeah. effective. But I do need to see a little bit more out of Gabe Davis because this offense, when he plays, and when he plays well, it clicks. We cannot be having these zero catches yeah. games. He was it's still what, still just okay. inconsistency. I think you know with the, yeah. with the he should have a touchdown. He should have receivers. Receivers have been inconsistent with yards after catch. Like you said, Diggs um, had a that great catch in Miami against Miami at home, um, where he took the ball on kind of a ten or eleven yard hitch route and then broke a tackle and broke it to the house. Um, so really good yards after the catch in that game. And then there were a few other games sprinkled throughout the season there that he's that he's had. <clears throat> Again, just not consistent. Gabe Davis not consistent. Um, you know, so that's the biggest thing that I look for moving forward with these receivers, you know, down the stretch, we just need a consistent, uh, steady production. Um, you know, this obviously wasn't uh, Diggs' best game, uh, wasn't Davis's best game, and yet they still came out with a win. So, um, yeah, I think that that's that's the point, though, is, is if even without um, those guys going off, they were able to figure it out and just find a way. And that's yes. going to be kind of the it's name of the, the rest of the season here. Yeah, uh, that kind of takes us no. to 
you know, what you were talking about with Dalton Kincaid and I'm sorry, you want to say anything more about the receiver to running back production? No, no, you're good. So uh, with Dawson Knox uh, coming back and, and then Dalton Kincaid with, a you know, a little banged up, um, what does Dawson Knox mean to this offense? Uh, for me, I thought he played a heck of a game. Come on, you know, first week back, you go three for three, three catches on three targets, uh, 36 yards. Um, so that's great production. Uh, blocking was very noticeable, both in pass blocking and run blocking. He he did well. Um, so I think that you have to, uh, you know, kind of take your your hat off to to Dalton Kincaid coming or to Dawson Knox coming back and sticking his nose and, and having uh, a real impact uh, in the game. Uh, multiple different facets. Uh, run blocking grade, not great for Dawson Knox, but I think what I saw on a few select plays and crucial moments that, you know, Knox did take care of business there. So, um, you know, I think I just think having Knox and Kincaid both um, definitely helps this offense. And I think it helps mask when the receivers aren't getting it going. Yeah, I think obviously the run blocking grade from PFF wasn't great, but I thought he, you could see his involvement in the run game. I thought it, it helped. Uh, he's an, he's, a, he's another safety net. When you talk about the easy throws for Allen, he's a guy that kind of fits into that category. And also, I believe, I don't know if we saw it this game, because I think this game was more of an anomaly, just how they ran their offense and how the offense kind of dictated itself uh, and how the second half dictated itself. But it, I, I do think it helps Kincaid. It takes a little bit of the pressure off Dalton Kincaid, in my opinion, uh, who's the better receiver out of those two. Knox is the better blocker, but Kincaid's the much better receiver in my opinion. Uh, so I like that concept. Obviously Kincaid played a lot more snaps than Dawson Knox. Dawson Knox played 36 sure. snaps. Kincaid played, played 60. So they avoided the 12 personnel set. They kind of, and I think that's a smart idea. I don't think it was working. The 12 personnel. I, I just didn't think it fit the offense as well as I think we all hoped for. But I do agree. Um, I do think Dawson Knox means a lot for this offense, Lance. And I think he, one, is another good receiver threat. You always want to have as many of those as possible. But I also think he's a good blocker, uh, a good leader in the locker room. I think his presence is probably still going to be felt as long as Kincaid's good to go and as long as Kincaid plays, his presence can be more felt on the blocking side of it than the pass catching. But if Kincaid's unable to go on Sunday against Dallas, here comes Dawson Knox, and he's going to have to step up in the passing game. But I do think this offense is better with Dawson Knox, even though I don't think they should be more heavy on the 12 personnel. I just don't think that fit in the first half of the year under Dorsey and before Knox got injured. But I do think Knox does help this offense. Yeah, and I, you know, for me, the biggest thing I wanted to say about Dawson Knox being back is that you're going to see probably a little bit like we still saw it, but David Edwards coming in um, as an eligible receiver uh, to beef up the the blocking and that heavy set. Um, you may see that a little bit less now with Dawson Knox back and gives you a little bit more of a dynamic because he's obviously a big threat in the passing game. Yes. Um, did have some drop uh, issues earlier, but he, he was dealing with an issue that uh, in his wrist that obviously uh, gives him a hard time 
securing the ball. So I think that with that issue uh, taken care of, you got to give uh, him credit. And and he came out and caught every target in this game. And <clears throat> I think he um, is going to be important moving down the stretch here. Yeah. If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. I agree. Let's get to the final part of our show. But before we do that, make sure you guys subscribe to everything Built in Buffalo. If you're on Facebook, YouTube or Twitter, like, comment, and share. If you're in the comment section, we have about 15, 20 minutes left of the show. Get your comments in. We're going to talk about one more thing about this Bills awesome win over the Chiefs, and then we're going to get into a little bit of a Cowboys preview. And as always, we'll end with our score predictions, so make sure you guys leave those in the comments as well. And if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Odyssey, or wherever you get your podcast, we appreciate that. And if you're just tuning in now and you do want to listen to the audio, it comes out tomorrow morning on wherever you get your audio. And as always, we are sponsored by Underdog Fantasy. Make sure you guys use promo code BUTS for a 100% deposit match. Late game clock management. So obviously in our Built in Buffalo uh, text chat, we talk about, we talk throughout the game. Uh, we go back and forth. We agree. We disagree with stuff. Obviously, it's all good and fun. Obviously, we all want the Bills to win, but we all obviously see the game through a different lens, uh, each individual person. So... Late game clock management. And when we're talking about the late game clock management, we're not talking about the defense towards the end because they did their job and shout out Sean McDermott. We haven't really brought Sean McDermott up this week, uh, but shout out Sean McDermott. I thought he coached a great game on Sunday. So I'm going to give him my props. Nice. Ooh, yeah, out. I'm obviously a big uh, outspoken guy this week. Um, in support I try to, of I try to be McDermott. as smart as possible. When and, I uh, and I know that um, not everyone's going to agree with my opinion. And not everyone's going to agree with the opposite opinion because I, I don't agree um, that there's any need to question his position here. But um, he's not been perfect. And and that's a merit. You know, there's no uh, way around that. So we get the ball back um, tied at 17. Uh, there's six minutes and 50, about seven minutes left, 6.57 left. Um, we got a couple of run passes. And then you got that deep crosser to Deontay Hardy. So Replay. Um, just just the, the first three plays out of the gate on that drive, couldn't ask for better. Um, on a third couple, down, too. Sorry to cut you off. On a yeah. third and six that you needed to get. Yeah. Then four straight runs. Um, so, Finally, again, they went you know, back to the run. Ty Johnson, Latavius Murray. And, and then um, they even uh, get Josh Allen. How, on the right side in the quarterback run. Um, so you got first down on the 27. Again, uh, another run that just gets nowhere. And then, you know, they try to throw the ball. So, you know, incomplete to the Kincaid. Um, and that's the one I think maybe Gabe was open. And then uh, Allen gets sacked. Uh, but, but we get an illegal contact. And massive. now here, here's where we're at, right? So now we're first and 10 on the 22 so we're going to bring in your footage here our footage the footage of the game so 
this is the this is the play we're going to talk about. Um, swing pass to Diggs. He drops the ball. Um, and so in the comments you could tell us too. But I, I love the call. Honestly, I it just I hate the execution of it. Obviously, and one of the things we were talking about in the group chat prior to when it happened was just like, man, just run the ball, run the ball. And and they had done that. And the whole drive up till this point, they've just handed the ball off. And um, I think it got to a point for me where uh, you have to be a little bit more deceptive and less predictable. And with doing so, what was supposed to be an extension of their run game turns into a clock stoppage. And now um, we have this discussion about late game clock management here. So, uh, give your thoughts on on the play, uh, on this play, or just on uh, as this drive unfolds, um, and and we can take you through. We can go through the second and third down plays as well if you want to go through that, or uh, just yeah. stick starting with this play here. You want me to give my opinion? Is that what you're asking? Yeah. Oh, sorry. Um. So I was in the camp of you got to run the ball, right? I was in the camp. I wasn't against the play call. I was against that play has just not worked this year for the Bills. And I think if you when you when I was rewatched and if you guys go rewatch and if you saw when you saw live, the blocking was not there either. Even if Diggs caught the ball, he would have been tackled for either no gain or a yard or two. But that is still a more productive play because you get yourself to the two minute warning. What that drive did and what the incomplete pass did was not let Kansas City on first down use a timeout. Remember, it is 2-12 left in the game. You obviously, the clock stops, two-minute warning. Kansas City has two timeouts. So they want to use their two timeouts, and they want to use the two-minute warning to stop the clock. That's the three ways they can stop the clock. But they decided to not, and it resulted... A, um. They decided to run a pass play, and it resulted in an incomplete pass, which stopped the clock with two twelve left. So I, I and think here's you... where the most egregious part is. Now you've thrown the screen, and it didn't work. And you could see there where I think Diggs would have got blown up, and maybe that's why he wasn't uh, as focused on it. And then here's your second down play, though. This there's just a straight. There's an out route you could throw. And it's just a straight shot to do. Sorry, we're kind of Could you rewind that? Sorry. Yeah, absolutely. Let's see. So this is the set, guys. For you, just pause it for a sec. Go back for everyone that doesn't remember. This is the second down. So this is with two ten left in the second half. You're not even at the two minute warning. Kansas City still has two timeouts because they didn't yeah. use one because the clock stopped. So. This is where I absolutely think you need to hand the ball off. You need to and hand the ball off at least once. Yeah. At this least is, this is the play where I say, okay. you, get, you get Lance. You I know I don't want to get over like heated with this, but you have to ensue you gotta get to the least to the two minute warning. I'm not saying yeah, I think you, you didn't do that. Well you did, you eventually did, yeah. but they didn't use a you gotta well, at least make them use a timeout and get to the two minute warning. You're not doing that. You're and yeah. and I don't think people understand, guys. When they gift you this, a first down wins the game, basically. Yep. You get a first down, you you can run the clock out and kick a chip shot from Tower Bass. So you didn't even need to get a touchdown. You needed a first down. First down wins the game, basically. 
So this is the I'm second o- down again. Call. I'm okay with the first down call. I'm fine um, I agree. because they're trying to get the short, easy pass, and it doesn't work. But then on second down, they just take a shot that is isn't open. It just simply isn't going to work. It's a deep I shot. Don't it's... understand. Um, Why do you need a touchdown? Need, like that's where you need to really call either a short slant. If you're going to go with throwing the ball, I get it. There's two. It's a double-edged sword because you don't want to be predictable. And I called them out for running the ball into a wall uh, the other the other game. Now, that was an overtime. They did that. And they did that for no reason because there was no time to be had. But in this situation, um, yeah. the clock matters here. And and you have to – so if you're on first down, you're not getting the – you're not getting the completion. Second down, I think you absolutely have to run a draw play or something to just get the clock moving. You have got to do that. It doesn't um, doesn't make any sense. So then on third down, um, this is the play we get here. And it still leaves a little bit to be desired. And then Allen um, obviously holds the ball and is under pressure the whole time, kind of just has to fling it out there under duress. So um, Also got Kincaid crushed. Yeah. Because he fell. Yeah, I'm, I'm just not. Again, the, the, these are the three plays up leading cool. up to this. I think they did they they did very well um, calling the, the runs. But yeah, this is a blitz where a guy comes um, unabated to the quarterback, hits Allen in the helmet actually, which could have been another penalty that they didn't. Call. But at least he so caught the ball. Have that. At least he um, caught the ball. Then, so you got. But we were wait, we are this close for not even getting to the two minute warning. Yeah. If Kincaid doesn't catch the ball, we're not getting to the two minute warning. We're not even touching it. We're kicking with 206 left. Yep. What are you doing? Like, I, it's, I'm not saying, and I agree with you. The Philly game, different circumstances, and they ran into a wall, and you were not happy about that. And I agree. They wasted a play in that Philly overtime part. You had to, second down had to be a run. I thought first down should have been a run because then you, it'll, Second I don't disagree with it. Point. I just disagree with the fact that people don't think they were trying. I mean, it's just the fact that did, they're not yes. going to line up and hand the ball off because they don't want to be predictable. We don't I want do. this offense to be predictable. Can you go, Wes, but, can you go back to you the know, second down play, if you don't mind? Yeah. yeah the full screen. Because obviously – but I don't get this. You didn't need to take a touchdown shot because you're still giving the ball back to Kansas City technically if you t- score a touchdown there. Yeah, 100%. You don't – in my circumstances – what you want to do there, because of the Jalen Watson illegal contact that resulted, was it Jalen Watson? Yeah, Jalen Watson illegal contact with a little over two minutes left that resulted in an automatic first down. You wanted to get that ball, you wanted to get a first down to win the game and kick a game-winning field goal. Live and die with a 35-yard field goal by Tower Bass. I wanted nothing to do with Kansas City touching that ball again. If it was a touchdown or a field goal. Obviously, it ended up worst-case scenario, or not the worst, but the second-worst-case scenario, which was a field goal. I didn't even want to give them a touchdown and give them a chance to go tie the game. I wanted nothing to do with that. I wanted to run that clock out, get that first down, however you could, make them use the timeouts, then kick a game-winning field goal. Yep. That's what I wanted to do, and they didn't. The second-down play, there's no... Get the first down, man. You don't need an end-zone shot. Because you're giving Look, them the ball they're back. Shade, they're already shaded here to dig. So, you know, I don't – you have – But you're giving them the ball back. With better – you know, just – there's so many other things you can do than what this is. Just throw this quick out to Shakir. I mean, give me that 
all day. And then Shakir just goes down and just give it a chance. And it just, it wasn't, um, they didn't give it a chance. Yeah. And again, though, I mean, I don't think McDermott's calling offensive plays, so it can't be all on McDermott, also, you know, just to go back to the whole questioning, you know, the coach. It just, I'm not questioning you know, McDermott. This is a Joe Brady issue here. Yeah, this is not a Sean McDermott. Be oh, just because we say late game clock management here, this is obviously Sean McDermott's the head coach, but Joe Brady's the OC. This is on Joe Brady, not Sean McDermott, in my opinion. Obviously, and I think with this defensive alignment, Allen just looking to digs right away is just egregious. You have to go to the short route to ready here. It's there. But I mean, there's Lance, a- go back to the wide shot. There's not a short route, though. There is. Shakir runs here. Easy. That's Boom. it. I mean, that's the only and, one. But that's the only I mean, one. Everything else is deep. Out, bam. Now you're out. And I agree. But look, everything guys, else that guy, the rush lane by the end over here. Definitely no, uh, makes that a more difficult throw. I get what you're saying, but Lance, watch the receiver go over the middle of the field. There's nothing short besides yeah. that little out route and to Shakir. You know what I mean? There's not really anything up over the top either. Maybe, But that's deep too. That's, that's into the end zone. Yeah. Davis on the left. Who's in the middle? Is that Kincaid in the middle? Yeah, it's Kincaid in the middle. See. So Davis deep left, Kincaid deep middle, and Diggs deep right. There's nothing intermediate over the middle of the field that gets you 10 yards. It's the only thing is a two-yard out route to Shakir. Mm-hmm. I don't like that. I think there needed to be something over the middle for Allen there. And there wasn't. Right. I thought that play was too deep-centric. Like, it was – he did have Kincaid over the middle of the field, though. He did, yeah. But you still didn't want – look, I hate saying you didn't want a touchdown. You always want a touchdown. But in that circumstances, you wanted to get the first down and kick the game-winning field goal. That's what you wanted to do. I thought none of those plays on that second down set, besides the two-yard out route to Shakir, gave you that option. You had three end zone shots. That was just not the circumstance, in my opinion. Right. And an out and route. Then down, you don't want, want to stop the clock, so why are you running an out route? Just, I get the concepts you know, make sense. I'm and, not mad know. at the Shakir play. I'm mad at the Shakir play. It's fine. The out route's fine. That's a fine route because it's a safety net. But there's mm-hmm. nothing else. Right. Everything there's was no. deep. I don't like that idea. I, I just thought you didn't want to get the ball back to Kansas City, but you gave him the ball back and he didn't score a touchdown. Yeah. <laughs> That's the worst part. It's a complete so, double-edged sword. I mean, you're asking for them to be either not so conservative or I, I not agree. so aggressive. I agree. And it's, just, I agree. I, it's a very difficult you. fine line there. To, to I just thought. So I think definitely can, after that first down um, mistake with dropping that ball, you've just got to go – you uh, got to at least get to the two-minute two minute war. You just got to do it. Yeah. You, have to, no, you have to. No, no I was screaming in my house, why aren't we running the ball? I was losing my mind. I kind of wanted a little bit of a, a, a temper tantrum. Uh, I kind of went a little uh, a little crazy there for a second and tried to keep my cool. I was fiery. I was really annoyed at the moment mm-hmm. just because I thought you kind of – didn't make them use. You didn't make them use. They already used one earlier in the half. You didn't make them use a timeout. They still walked away with two timeouts. Come on, yep. you gotta let them at least use a timeout. But it worked out, Lance. Do we want to talk about the final play before we get to the Cowboys game? Because I know we're going a little over tonight, which is totally fine. Um, so if you guys stay tuned, we're going to go a little at ten fifteen over because we do want to give you a little bit of a Cowboy breakdown. Uh, do we want to talk about the last play? Or the last yeah. sequences? Sure. What are you looking for? I don't know. Just whatever the heck that was. <laughs> what was it? 
the craziness yeah, I mean, I, that we, you know, I, we ensued. Yeah, I don't um, obviously disagree with, with the offsides call, obviously. Oh, because the guy was offsides, man. Um, I don't know, you know what you, people should be complaining about. The guy was kind of offsides. Was for sure. But, um, oh, oh, sorry. But I want to ask you this. On that second and third three play, right, with uh, Casey's 32, that 19-yard pass to Rasheed Rice, I, sometimes our DBs just don't make plays on the ball. I thought mm-hmm. Taron Johnson kind of let Rasheed Rice kind of just kind of just catch that and fall down on to Taron Johnson. I thought he should have made a better play on that ball. That yeah. set Kansas City right back into midfield. And you're just, just not like, looking, yeah, just not looking back at the quarterback really. Uh, and I was play. like, oh boy. When, when Lance, let me tell you, I'm gonna ask you. Be, you got to be completely transparent here with me on that. When they got that Rasheed Rice 19 yard completion, they got to Buffalo's 49. Were you like, oh boy? Oh yeah. Right yeah, away, were like, you just yeah, like, right, here we go? Uh, I thought this. I was like, this is it. Look at Terrence. Yeah, Johnson. I mean, he's, he's all over him, and he does. You got to make a play back. on the ball, man. He doesn't look back, you know, quick He's, enough. He's I, all I over the guy. You, I mean, you and I are sitting here with our mics and our headsets telling him to make a play on the ball, but this is what the guy's paid to do. Like, look at that. He's just there. He just lets the guy kind of fall into him. Great, great throw and catch, honestly. That was just – It is. It is. It is. Mahomes just, puts it, I mean, the only place where Teron Johnson couldn't get it, really, and it just – you know, he had him. He had him and just uh, – I, I get it. I just don't think our DBs make plays on the ball. We've seen it time for time. A weird thing. Yeah. Uh, good pressure. I mean, good pressure throughout this drive, though. I mean, yeah, the first, for, after that play, that was one of the things that, that people. Uh, oh, my God. Pause. You know, what the, look at that, people. Where the hell is Tony? Tony's in a different dimension right now. Yeah. Uh, we saw multiple angles of him pointing at the ref, but it, you know, he was still moving when he pointed at the ref, and he never. Uh, you know, he never got set, and and then once he did, you know, he's way over the ball. You got to call that. I think there's no other scenario. Um, obviously, the guys get mixed up there and and get uh, Travis Kelsey uh, wide open. Just a, a really cool play, but um, ends up not uh, counting and not mattering. So, um, you know, moving on to the next play. Uh, second again, and 15. Great pressure, great coverage on the back end. Um, is this the second and 15? really get the clear view if my mouse is over here it kind of turns gray and you get the the bars up here so i apologize for that but um yeah that's uh the next play um you know too much pressure to to really and there's von miller you see you kind of push him in side and and get the nice rush um and then here's the ed oliver play right um you know ed oliver, people you know really earning the contract on on this type of play um getting the hands up getting getting a good rush lane um, and we'll see if this angle is nice. Oh, see, um, you can move your mouse, and the hat works. Yep. No, I can't control any anything, so uh, just let it go. But yeah, it uh, nice play, great play. And then here's here's where you're here's where you're really um, the fourth and fifteen. You're right? like, all right, here we go. This is it, right? And, Leonard and, Floyd you know, with the pressure. Can they can they make a play? And uh, you know, sure enough, they they get enough uh, heat on them, and and the ball goes uh, to no one really. So. <clears throat> uh, I want to see this angle. I want to see this angle actually. Fourth and fifteen. Holmes drops. Let him fold with the pressure. And he's Kelsey over. there, and I don't. Kelsey just seems like he's disinterested there. I don't know what he's doing, but uh, yeah. Mahomes overthrows him, and and then the best. And that's play it. The best play of the game right there. How about 
Victor Neal. So Sean McDermott after that game, that's that like that jump and that like sigh of relief. And you yeah. and I have had criticism of Sean McDermott's coaching this year, right? And and you've been less than most people have. I think I've been. A, I think personally, I've been a little harder on him than you have, but rightfully so. This team has not met at this point yeah, the expectations that they should have met this year. We and we all know that it's crystal clear. Sean McDermott knows that he's not an idiot, guys. He he knows that this team is supposed to be better. Brandon B knows that. Josh Allen, Pagula, all the everyone on this team knows this team should have nine to ten wins and not be seven and six. Yeah. But this is where we are at. But I'm just going to put it more on the players than other people do. People put it more on the coaches I think for it's whatever both. reason. It's everything, me, It's like, hey, Stefan Diggs dropping that ball ain't the coach's fault. You no. know, it's like we got to figure everything. out here how to execute. And, it, and it, with, the, with the guys not executing, uh, that's what just – Can it be a little bit of both? 100%. I mean, like I said, I'm not going to sit here and say McDermott isn't without flaw. He said it himself. I think it's definitely something where he's got to do better in certain situations yeah. himself. And, I, I and just it's, – It's such a team and organizational game to win. I mean, there's – every time you lose, there's everyone literally, but maybe one or – you know, obviously there's some games where Josh Allen has done almost everything he could, like the Philly game. Um, yeah, he did throw a pick there, but I mean, otherwise he no, did he everything he could to win that game and just didn't work out. Um, but so there's there's no shortage of blame to go around is my point. And to just point a finger at Sean McDermott just because he's the head coach. I just think that that's a little bit silly to me. I think he's certainly um, got his pros and cons. And not, for me, I'm just not going to blame this season and, and the way this has gone uh, on him. I just think that you know, these guys have get paid a hefty uh, salary to make these plays, um, regardless of whether your coach is nervous or not. And that's kind of the, oh, Sean McDermott's uptight or nervous. Or it's like, oh, yeah. okay. Like, you know, these guys are still making plenty of money to ignore that and go make a play on the field. That's what they're here for. So and that's, I think, that's kind of my fundamental just feeling on it. And the reason I brought up – I the reason I brought up I'm looking at Wayne's comment, guys. I don't want to pile on, but just from which, which Wayne, if you want to drop back in the comment section, I just want to know which one you're talking about. I'm not saying this team is definitely, definitely flawed at points. I just want to know yeah. what part you were talking about, if you don't mind. We're, we're still going the for another 10 15 clip minutes. Or the defensive clip. Yeah, we're still going for another 10 15 <laughs> minutes. So um, we're going to we'll do a little Cowboys breakdown in a minute here. But the reason I brought up Sean McDermott and his reaction, if you guys saw that little gif or that little five to 10 second video on, social media, if him kind of like jumping up and down, um, kind of putting his head down, like you could see it was a relief because, and I try to, <laughs> you know me, Lance, I try to say a fine line of avoiding controversy just because I don't want to ruffle people's feathers uh, as such. And I don't want to come at people. And I think journalists do a great job. And I think uh, the people on the Bills beat do an incredible job. All the news anchors, sports people, beat writers do a great job covering the Bills. And a lot of the videos we get and we use in Built of Buffalo that we give credit to them um, are because of them, right? I do think Sean McDermott had a tough week. And I do I loved how the team rallied around him. If we guys go back and watch that locker room with Bean, with Pagul in the back, uh, it's basically the players, a couple players in the back um, saying we have your back. A uh, couple guys, or we got you, Coach Josh Allen, in the press conference, and Oliver to the media. All have this coach's back. I think, without giving an opinion on that matter, I think 
just by that, by the player's reaction to the situation, tells you who really who Sean McDermott really is. And I'm gonna I'm gonna, I'm gonna leave it at that. So let's get to the Cowboys game. Lance, is that you want to get to the Cowboys game? Yeah, absolutely. Unless wait, we got comment. Nope, never mind. Uh, we do have a comment, but appreciate Oliver. Uh, Lance, your mom's your mom's heading out before the Cowboys prediction. Good night, man. Good night. Gotta get to bed. So, Cowboys visit Orchard Park. What a matchup this is going to be. Uh, the Dallas Cowboys coming off their biggest, and I mean their biggest win of the season, as they defeated the Philadelphia Eagles in Philly. No, no, sorry, in Dallas. Excuse me, not in Philly. And Dallas is currently sitting at first in the NFC East, but Philly does control their own destiny. So if Philly wins out and Dallas wins out, Philly gets the bye or gets the one seed or wins the division. So Dallas still needs a little bit of help. Spreads currently sitting at two and a half in favor of the Bills. Dallas 10 and three, Bills 7 and six. In Buffalo, a 425 game. So another four or a 430 kick. We've seen a couple of those with the Jets. The Eagles, the Chiefs, and now this. Uh, Lance, what are we looking for in this game? Yeah, boy. I mean, how the heck? Um, this is another defensive challenge for Sean McDermott to go up against Dak Prescott and this Cowboys offense. I think that um, obviously he's been playing lights out. The Cowboys have won seven of their three. last eight. The the one the one um, loss being in Philadelphia, um, and you know they're we spoke about before the broadcast a little bit about their numbers on the road being a little bit not, you know, they haven't really played um, too many road games. It's been um, six of the last eight, no, five of the last eight at home. They played six road games and seven home games. But so five, but they're on a, you know, a streak where they're, they've won five in a row. Um, Four of those have been at home and Mm -hmm. um, you know, only, three away games in the last eight. So uh, a good run here. Now they're going to have a stretch run where they're um, away three out of the last four. So we'll see. Uh, They go to Buffalo, go to Miami, and then um, home against the Lions and at the Commanders. So I think that this tough stretch, and and we'll see how it begins. They're they're obviously rolling people. They've got uh, 49, 33, 45, 41, 33. They're 100% rolling right now. That's – yeah, you know, completely opposite of last week where we caught Kansas City uh, exactly at the st- at the time we needed to to maybe you know be able to get past them. They were struggling, um, and and we were kind of ascending a little bit from the depths of where the Bills were. So coming off a of bye week, <clears throat> getting Kansas City where we wanted them is complete opposite um, here. Uh, yeah, and, and I'm I'm very very um, nervous, and I don't I don't necessarily have a ton of confidence um, with what we saw against Kansas city um, with the bills being able to win this game. I think the defense um, has been good um, with Micah Hyde out. His play necessarily wasn't always uh, the greatest you could say, but his leadership and ability to get people aligned on the field is something that I think is very important. So as long as they um, and Taylor Rapp or Cam Lewis can do a good job uh, filling in for that part, um, you know, we'll see. It's it's going to be a very very tough matchup against the Cowboys this week. Um, you know, they have a, a good stable running backs, whereas the Chiefs' uh, top back was, uh, you know, their top 
the Chiefs' top running back was out, so that kind of helped uh, the Bills' defense out a little bit too. Um, you know, an offensive weapon being away, and, and the Cowboys are fully healthy um, and and ready to to come in and and be able to uh, to compete at a high level. So it'll be it'll be interesting to see. I mean, the Bills obviously have Kincaid um, and Vanessa is questionable as well here. So we'll see if those see what kind of health um, the Bills have going into this one. And for me, um, what are the receivers going to do? I think that's – we talked yeah, – we kind of said it earlier. And, and what, are the, what are these receivers going to be able to do here? Um, I'm talking strictly the wide receivers, and, and um, you can lump in the tight ends if you want, but I'm strictly speaking about, you know, Diggs, Davis, Shakir, um, and those guys, and, and and what kind of production can we get? Um, mm-hmm. Well, it is, it's obviously Diggs' brother's not playing, but he's facing his brother's team. Is he gonna, um, you know, have any extra energy for that? Uh, he's seven yards shy of a thousand uh, on the season, and thirteen catches shy of a hundred for um, for Diggs. So, um, obviously, Buffalo is a tough place to play, regardless um, of what I just said. Uh, the mafia is there. Um, we're loud. It's gonna be cold, and uh, you know, I think we're we're gonna have a game on our hands. But I, I think it will be a game. Yeah, I do. I do, and I like how you – and I t- I was talking with you earlier. I like the home and road splits in favor of the Bills here, right? Dallas 7-0. and They played 13 games total. They're 10-3. and They have seven games on the home at home. They're 7-0 and at home. How important to win that division for Dallas? Huge. They need Eagles to drop one. They need to win out because they can get that either one, two seed or one or two seed probably and get a couple home games. They have 31 touchdowns at home, and they average 39.9 points per game at home, which is a crazy number, and they only give up 15 points per game at home. They've played six road games. I want everyone to listen to this. They played six road games this year. This year, they're 3-3 three and three on the road. All three losses have come on the road. They have scored 16 touchdowns on the road. This is only in one less game, Lance. They've scored mm-hmm. double the amount of touchdowns at home than they have on the road in one in one more game. They are averaging 23.7 points per game on the road compared to what they're averaging 39.9 points per game at home. And they're giving up 20.8 points per game on the road and only giving up 15 at home. This team, and also on third down percentage or conversion, 44%, which is a uh, 9.6% less on the road than it is at home. What this is telling you, Dallas has struggled on the road, or they've been very average on the road. That favors the Bills. The weather, the cold temperature kind of favors the Bills. Uh, Dak Prescott historically has not been great in cold weather games. Dallas it's is actually going to be beautiful, uh, 45 degrees. It's, so, it's actually not going to be too too cold. but It is under 50. For sure. It is under 50. The wind um, chill. Uh, we'll have a factor, but, but yeah, it's not as Dallas cold as I thought it might be. It's better home 18th game. Yeah, I know. I agree. They do well playing at Jerry's World. They've proven this year. Uh, they basically have doubled the amount of touchdowns at home than they do on the road in one more game. Hmm. So this favors the Bills. Like, this favors the Bills a ton on those splits. I do think Dallas is coming off a huge game, and they're coming off a huge win, but that's an emotional win. That's a, a prove it win to Philly. They don't like the Bills in Dallas is not a thing, right? You know what I mean? Like, there's not even, in, they're obviously not in the division together. They're not in the same conference together. This is a, a little bit of a different. You weren't alive of, for the 90s, brother. Well, yeah, but 
Oh, fine. The guys on the actual team of the Dallas Cowboys has nothing to do with the 90s Bills. Is that better for you, Lance? I hate the Cowboys still. Okay, you get what I'm going here, man. Yeah. Nobody on the Bills currently on the playing. Nobody on Dallas. They don't like – it's not a thing. You know, like – it's not his brother's team, so you gotta oh find God. the field there. Point right? here, man. You are killing <laughs> my point. Dallas, this is not a thing. They come off a momentum, a huge, huge emotional win on Sunday Night Football, right? They proved it that they're the best team in the NFC, or one of the best teams. Sorry, the 49ers exist. They're trying to prove that they're one of the best teams in the NFC. They just beat the Eagles, the defending NFC champions. Now they go to Buffalo. You know what this is? This is a letdown game. It's yep. a letdown game. The numbers tell you, the, the gut feeling tells you it's a letdown game. The home and road splits tell you it's a letdown game. So maybe it's a letdown game. I I, I haven't been in favor of picking the Bills lately. Just, you know me, Lance. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I, got, I got a feeling this week. I have a feeling this week. What Anything else you want to touch on before we uh, get to our score predictions? No, I think we talked about it. Um, you know, my major points are <clears throat> containing Dak Prescott and, and you know, this receiving crew, a lot of speed on that uh, receivers. And um, and then, obviously, uh, you know, our offense has to take it to another level because this pass rush from the Dallas Cowboys is real. And, uh, yeah. and, and ours can be as well, as comment mentioned here, with, you know, our pass rush being uh, stout. And, and if as long as we can get after um, – Dak Prescott and get him uncomfortable uh, definitely can have it's not saying you know my whole spiel there wasn't to say we can't win this game I think it's going to be a competitive game it's just uh, it's gonna be tough man it's a, it's a tough game and uh, and it's got me a little bit more on edge than uh, some other people being like you being a little more confident well I haven't I was not confident against the Jets I was not confident well, I was confident against the Jets I was playing the reverse jinx not confident against Philly and not confident against Kansas City. I picked both teams non-Bills in that game. So, I don't know. We'll see what I do. Okay. All right. It's time. Everyone in the, in the comments. Let us know. I know we're going a little late. Appreciate everyone sticking around, still enjoying the show. But this is the best part of the show. Scored prediction time. And you guys will also see this on social media on Sunday morning or early afternoon if you guys do miss this so give us some comments um what do you guys got score predictions my dad did text me he watches the show he texted me before the show let me go find it where it go right here bills 24 cowboys 20 so that was his pick so my dad's riding with the bills this week guys let us know in the comment section what you got if you're on facebook or if you're on youtube what your score prediction but lance i'm gonna start with you my man what do we got yeah, I think I gotta let you go first here. I'm not decided yet. I'm gonna let JP go first. JP is going Bills win 27 to 20. Right now the spread's coming at two and a half people, just to let you know. So you know what? You know what? Let me go first. I let you, I usually let you go first, man, but I guess you don't want to make up your mind right now. So I'm gonna go first. So for well, first, nope, never mind. I have to go to Bob O'Brien's comment. 38 to 20, Bob. Bob is confident, Lance. He is wow. confident heading into Sunday. I would love for Bob to be right. I think sure. that Oh, my God. If we won by 18, oh, my God, the world might explode. Uh, Izzy's coming in 30 to 24. Bills. Okay. Without looking at any more comments here, 
I'm gonna do my score prediction. So for for so my score predictions for the Bills versus the Cowboys, I got Bills 27, Cowboys 24. I like the Bills. Yeah. I like yeah. them to win by three. I like the the stats tell you Bills. The gut feeling tells you Bills. I kind of like that momentum swing. I don't think Dallas is a great road team this year. They haven't proved that they can really be successful on the road against good competition. They're very average on the road. Going into Buffalo, Bills need not as need as much win. They can drop this one if they still make the playoffs. Obviously, they would have to win three out of four probably to make the playoffs to be 10 and seven. Uh, obviously, Kansas City was a bigger game, but you win this one. You and I on Tuesday can talk about the division. We can we can do we'll, we'll have a segment on Tuesday about the three final games for the Bills. And if Miami beats the Jets on Sunday, well, if they don't, then we're definitely going to talk about it. But if the Miami beats the Jets on Sunday, you and I will talk about the three games for Miami and the three games for Buffalo and see how the Bills can catch Miami. But go Jets this weekend. For sure. What do we got? All right. I've been swayed. I came into this show thinking I may go against what I've done all year and and not pick the Bills to win. But all the conversation, I'm going 34-30 to 30 Buffalo Bills winning this game against the Dallas Cowboys. I got you. I got you. Nailed it. Oh, let's go. Nah, no, no, no. No, I'm joking. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um Yeah, that's I think it's a fair pick. Um Yeah. Some I you know what? I know we've gone long, but I know there's obviously a couple games people I know people have asked me, some people have DM'd me. Uh, today and yesterday, some who should we be rooting for, right? This weekend, mm-hmm. I don't fully know because there's some Saturday games, right? So Thursday night, both five and eight teams doesn't really matter at this point. Uh, I don't care. Vikings at Bengals on these are three Saturday games. Vikings at Bengals, we are Vikings fans this weekend. Go Vikings! Vikings at ban- Bengals. That's a one o'clock game on Saturday. Lance Steelers at Colts. Both teams seven and six. This is also a Saturday game. Do you have any idea who we're supposed to be rooting for there? Uh, the team with the tougher remaining schedule, uh, which uh, – give me one second. I'll pull this up. Okay. We tweeted, but... If you look at Bilton Buffalo, uh, we tweeted out kind of the remaining schedule. We'll have an updated graphic for this week. Um, Do we want Steelers or Colts? I think that you're going to want – Probably the Colts to – Steelers to win? Steelers, I think. Yeah, I'm leaning towards more the Steelers at this moment. Which, if I say Steelers, means you probably want the Colts to win. Okay. Uh, and then Saturday night, you have Broncos at Lions. Go Lions. Lions. Yeah, we want the Lions, Lions to win. Lions. 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 So those are the three yeah. Saturday games. Vikings win. We need the Lions to win. I don't know. Oh. Pittsburgh's got... Pittsburgh's got the Bengals, Seahawks, and Ravens after the Colts. So I'm going to say Steelers definitely need to win that game. We'll, we'll, the, someone will fact check this. Have... Someone will put it out on social media this week. They'll let you guys know, but we don't know. Both seven and six. Uh, Robbie's coming I'm in. I'm just saying the Steelers are likely to lose more games after this Colts game. So if the Steelers win against the Colts, then they're likely to lose at least two out of their next three anyway. Whereas mm-hmm. the Colts got the Falcons, Raiders, and Texans. So <laughs> you kind of need uh, the Texans Colts to get the losses yeah. where they can. So, um, yeah. Yeah. So. 
Steelers. And Robbie's coming in saying 38-24. So for the Saturday, uh, 38-24 uh, Bills. So for the Saturday games, Vikings beat the Bengals we need. Steelers probably over the Colts. You'll find that out later in the week. Um, Bron- and Lions over the Broncos. Going into Sunday, some of the games that we need. We need, obviously, the Bills over Cowboys. Take that. <laughs> then yep, that's given. Bears at Cleveland. We need the Bears to win. We're rooting for the Chicago Bears. Cleveland's saying at 8-5. We need the Bears to win. The Bears. Then Texans at Titans. Texans are CJ Stroud's in concussion protocol at the moment. So that is something that we probably should look for when we go into the week. We are rooting for the Titans. Texans at Titans. Go Titans. Jets at Dolphins. I know it stinks. Go Jets. We are rooting for the Jets. Chiefs at Patriots don't matter. Giants at Saint doesn't matter. Falcons at Panthers don't matter. That's about it. Uh, I don't know who we care about. Ravens, Jaguars, I guess. The Keeping Ravens. the Ravens winning, yeah. You want the Ravens to win there and drop the Jaguars down. But the Jaguars are still probably going to win that division, so that might have no effect on the wild card. That's Yeah, we'll see. Yeah, it's but yeah. So yeah, those are the things you guys can look through social media for the rest of the week, and they'll let you know. <sighs> yeah, okay. we'll have a Rooting for article coming up on Built in Buffalo, so check out builtinbuffalonews.com for the articles or if you follow us on Facebook or Twitter yeah. or Instagram, we'll yep. be posting stuff there. So check out um, the Built in Buffalo YouTube channel. If you're not on YouTube right now and you're watching us on Twitter or Facebook, go over to YouTube, subscribe to our channel. We'd greatly appreciate that. Um, check out the Built in Buffalo store. Uh, we got some merch yeah. up. If you look in our bios, check those things out. Uh, check out all of our great sponsors. Um, our sponsor for the show is Underdog Fantasy. Uh, if you sign up with promo code BLITZ, You'll get your deposit matched up to $100. Um, also, we'll be at the tailgate on Saturday or on Sunday for the uh, Bills Cowboys game at the Game Day Hospitality tailgate. Um, go out and check out Game Day Hospitality. We'll be uh, sending out a, a link uh, in our, on our social medias this week uh, where you can get your tickets, um, all you can eat, all you can drink, uh, tailgate experience. Uh, we'll be there. Could be worse. Uh, guys from Train Rex Sports will be there. Uh, Buffalo food slut and and some others. So just, uh, uh, I know I hate saying the word out of my mouth. It's just uh, that's her that's her brand, and I'm uh, I'm gonna respect you know it's her wishes. I agree. I'm with you. That. That's not, not on me. Um, so uh, you know, game John and, and the folks over at Game Day Hospitality do a great job with that tailgate, uh, fresh food buffet, um, the the best drinks there, and DJ Little Gabby um, spinning uh, the beats throughout the party. Uh, we had the news there one night. We had Andre Reed there before. Um, so just it's a huge party, plenty of people um, to thank and, and to say uh, to go out and see. But, um, you know, that's the place to be. So if you don't want to bring anything, you just want to show up and have a great time, head over to the game day hospitality tail- tailgate right over by uh, next to O'Neill Stadium in. So. Awesome. Make sure you guys check that out. Obviously, promo code puts for 100% deposit match on underdogfantasy.com. That is who we are sponsored by. Make sure you guys, if you just tune in, rewatch us. Hit a little rewind button. We went an hour and 26 minutes. We gave you extra coverage tonight. This was Lance's call. Lance shot me a text. He's like, we're going over, basically. So we went over. Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter. Make sure you guys follow everything Built in Buffalo there, like Lance said. If you didn't miss this episode, you can rewatch this. But if you prefer the audio version, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Odyssey, or wherever you get your audio podcast version, Built in Buffalo Podcast Network, just type that in. This will come out tomorrow morning, 
Check that out on your drive to work. When you're sitting in traffic, you can listen to Lance and I's calming voice. Nothing better than that. We'll be back on Tuesday at 8 p.m. as we break down the Bills-Cowboys game and get you ready for Bills Chargers on Saturday night. He was Lance. I was Peter. And this was the Buffalo Blitz right here on the Built on Buffalo Network. We'll see you. We'll see you guys in the next one. And as always, go Bills. Go Bills, baby.